Hey everyone, and welcome to the Bible Breakdown Podcast. In this podcast, we will be breaking down the Bible one chapter a day. Whether you are a new believer or have been following Christ for a while, we believe that you will learn something new and fresh every single day. So thank you for joining us, and let's get into breaking down the Bible together. Well, everybody, welcome back to the Bible Breakdown Podcast with your host, Pastor Brandon. Today, Judges chapter 19, and the title today is just, just no, just, <laughs> just absolutely no. And if you're watching this on the YouTube, I am wearing a Superman shirt because I want to faster than a speeding bullet my way into these pages and just beat up everybody. This is my opinion. Yesterday and today are the worst two stories in the entire Bible, and to which my answer to this is, can, can, can someone give these people a king? I mean, can they just, they need to return back to God. This is one big cautionary tale that we're going to try to find a redeeming moment out of at some point. And you're going to, you're going to know this when we get here. And I just, I just hate this so bad. I gotta laugh to stop, to not cry. Right. But if you like what we're doing here, make sure you are joining me and you are like sharing and subscribing to the YouTube channel right below this video right now. If you look right below this video, there is a subscribe button. And if as many of you watch this video would subscribe, we will probably get really close to our goal of 1,000. So we are trying to get to 1,000 subscribers, and we need your help. Also, on the podcast, you are my favorites, and I love you so much. Make sure you are leaving us a five-star review. And then I would love for everybody after today to go to the Bible Breakdown discussion on Facebook and let us know what you think about this chapter, okay? This this is the one right here. This, this is the one that I've been dreading, okay? Because I just hate it so bad. So if you got your Bibles, Judges chapter 19, I want to remind you of something that the Old Testament teaches through story. You know, the New Testament, there's a lot of places that say, do this, don't do this, there's freedom. The Old Testament will tell you stories of what happened, cautionary tales, and let you draw upon the solution. There's many different reasons why this is important, and we can see this in the life of Jesus, how he would tell parables, tell stories to make a point. And one of the reasons is because a lot of the people back then were, they didn't have access to books and things like we do. You know, they would, you know, the, the law, the Torah, the, the historical books, they would be you know, in the house of God, the t- temple and tabernacle, and they would only be read to them once every seven years. And so you would have to remember those things. And so a lot of these stories that were written down would be written down so you could remember them better. I'm going to tell you something. You ain't going to forget this story today. And so what the Bible describes, tells you about, it doesn't always prescribe. It's just letting you know so that you have a lesson to learn. And the lesson today is no. (laughs) So let's dive into this. Judges chapter 19, verse 1. Here we go. Now, in those days, Israel had no king. Samuel's reminding us. This ain't, this ain't God right here. There was a man from the tribe of Levi living in a remote area in the hill country of Ephraim. You know, just like the last guy, right? One day, he brought home a woman from Bethlehem in Judah to be his concubine. Concubine is like mistress, okay? It's not a wife, it's a mistress. But she became angry with him and returned to her father's home in Bethlehem. After about four months, her husband set out for Bethlehem to speak personally to her and persuade her to come back. He took with him a servant and a pair of donkeys. When he arrived at her father's house, her father saw him and welcomed him. Her father urged him to stay a while, so she stayed three days, eating, drinking, and sleeping there. On the fourth day, the man was up early, ready to leave. 
But the woman's father said to her, his son-in-law, have something to eat before you go. So the two men sat down together and had something to eat and drink. The woman's father said, oh, come on, please stay another night and enjoy yourself. The man got up to leave, but his father-in-law kept urging him to stay. So he finally gave in and stayed another night. On the morning of the fifth day, he was up early again, ready to leave. And again, the woman's father said, have something to eat. Then you can leave later this afternoon. So they had another day of feasting. Later, as the man and his concubine and his servant were preparing to leave, his father-in-law said, look, it's almost evening. Stay the night and enjoy yourself. Tomorrow you can get up early and be on your way. This time, the man was determined to leave. So he took his two saddled donkeys and his concubine and headed in the direction of Jebus, that is, Jerusalem. It was late in the day when they neared Jebus. And the manservant said to him, Let's stop at this Jebusite town and spend the night there. No, his master said, We can't stay in this foreign town where there's no Israelites. Instead, we will go on to Gibeah. Come on, let's try to get as far as Gibeah or Ramah, and we'll spend the night in one of those towns. So they went on, and the sun was setting as they came to Gibeah in the town of the land of Benjamin. So they stopped there to spend the night. They rested in the town square, but no one took them in for the night. Now pause. Now, one of the things, especially in that area, was hospitality was a really big deal in that culture. So it was very likely that what would happen is you would be a visitor in that area and it was considered to be bad manners and a bad look on the town if someone didn't take you in. So it would have been quite common for them to go to the town square and wait for someone on behalf of the town to take them in. It's just part of the custom. So it already tells you something about this town that they don't care about that. Ain't nobody taking them in. Verse 16, that evening, an old man came home from his work in the fields. He was from the hill country of Ephraim. But he was living in Gibeah, where the people were from the tribe of Benjamin. When he saw the travelers sitting in the town square, he asked them where they were from and where they were going. We have been in Bethlehem, in Judah, the man replied. We're on our way to a remote area in the hill country of Ephraim, which is my home. I traveled to Bethlehem, and now I'm returning home. But no one has taken us in for the night, even though we have everything we need. We have straw to feed our donkeys and plenty of bread and wine for ourselves. And then the old man said, well, you are welcome to stay with me. I will give you everything you might need, but whatever you do, don't spend the night in the square. Dun, dun, dun. Here we go. So he took them home with him and fed the donkeys. After they had washed their feet, they ate and drank together. While the men were enjoying themselves, a crowd of troublemakers from the town surrounded the house, and they began beating at the door and shouting to the old man, Bring out the man who is staying with you so we can... Have sex with him. So the man stepped outside to talk to them. No, my brothers, don't do such an evil thing. For this man is a guest in my house. This would be so shameful. Here, because, you know, this is going to be a lot better, right? Here, take my virgin daughter and this man's concubine. I will bring them out to you so you can abuse them and do whatever you like. But don't do such a shameful thing to this man. (sighs) Can we just stop and say, two wrongs don't make a right. So not only do I want to smack this Levite, I want to smack these people. And and I got to admit, I want to smack the old man. I just can't help it. I'm going there. That's what it is. All right, verse 25. But they wouldn't listen to the old guy. So the Levite took hold of his concubine and pushed her out the door. The men of the town 
abused her all night, taking turns raping her until morning. Finally, at dawn, they let her go. At daybreak, the woman returned to the house where her husband was staying, and she collapsed at the door of the house and lay there until it was light. When the husband opened the door to leave, there his concubine with her hands, there was his concubine with her hands on the threshold. He said, get up, let's go. But there was no answer. In other words, she had died. So he put her body on his donkey and took her home. When he got home, he took a knife and cut his concubine's body into 12 pieces. He sent one piece to each tribe throughout all the territory of Israel. Everyone who saw it said, such a horrible crime has not been committed in all the time since we, since Israel left Egypt. Think about it. What are we going to do? Who's going to speak up? Wow. I told you. It's brutal. Now let's, let's review this real quick. They go to a place that they shouldn't have gone. They stayed with a guy who promised them security. And then in a moment when everything was horrible, they didn't make the right decision. They made an equally horrible decision that cost a lady her life and torture. And then when he got home, he cut her up. Now, let's give this man like half a percent of grace. He doesn't get any grace from us, but half a percent. The reason why he did that is it was a custom in the time. What would happen is, is if you wanted to show fury or if you wanted to expose something bad, just like now someone would do an expose video or documentary exposing something horrible, what, it, what that would be is, is it would be, this is how horrible this was. And so the 12 pieces probably went to the 12 tribes of Israel saying, when they would see this, they would say, how horrible, what is this? And be like, this is, and they would tell the story. So this was his way of trying to expose what these horrible people had done. And so... What can we take away from this absolute tragedy? I mean, the answer is just just no. Just everything about this is terrible. To me, the number one thing we can take away from this tragedy is verse 1 that says, In those days, Israel had no king. This is the problem. This is the problem with even in our culture today that wants to turn their back on God, turn their back on morality, and everybody does whatever they, that seems right in their own eyes. You ever heard the phrase, you do you? You, you do you, boo-boo, you know? And I even used that in a message one time, and it became something that was quoted for for a while. And I wasn't meaning it as a compliment. But it was like, you do you. Well, here's the thing. People say that. I'm going to live my truth. I'm going to do what I want to do. But you can't live that way. Because if you did whatever you wanted to do, nobody could drive down the road. Because what if I want to drive on the left side instead of the right side? Nobody could go to work. Or no businesses would be available because what if I just don't want to go to work today? We have to live within frameworks. And that's what God's word is. That's what God's lordship is. It is a framework for how to live. And so if we don't live according to God's righteous, holy standard that we receive forgiveness and then we walk toward freedom every day, the unfortunate result is extremely predictable. This is a horrible story. I didn't, I didn't even like reading it. Like I need to go like wash my mouth out or something. But it's extremely predictable when we don't live life God's way. Instead, we live life our way. This is the result. So the takeaway for me is the next time you see a YouTube video or you hear someone say, I'm going to live my truth or I'm going to do things my way. I don't care what anybody else thinks. I'm going to do me, that kind of thing. Remember that story and go, you know, there's a reason why God says stay away from this and stay away from that. And that's why God is 
interested in lordship over us is because as people, we need guidance. We need authority in our life. And so authority is only bad to those who try to do bad things. But God's righteous authority is to provide safety and to give us framework because without it, just no. Let's pray. God, thank you so much for today. Lord, I am not thankful for what happened in the scripture, but I am thankful for what we can learn from it. To learn, God, that there's reasons why you do the things that you do. So, Lord, we celebrate your faithfulness. I pray you will help us, Lord, to appreciate your lordship in our life and to turn toward you every day. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Remember why all this is happening. Judges 17, verse 6 says, In those days Israel had no king. All the people did what was whatever seemed right in their own eyes. The lesson is, don't do life your way, do life God's way, or you'll end up in a horrible situation that just is just no. (laughs) I love you. We're going to see slightly better days in Judges chapter 20. I'll see you tomorrow.